If you have ever tried to run a marathon or walk long distances, then you know that without good sports shoes, you won't get far. The same is true with writing academic essays or reports. You won't get far without strong writing skills. And this is why I have created an online course, Academic Writing Fundamentals. Each academic assignment requires very good English. With Academic Writing Fundamentals, you can build strong foundations which you need for your university assignments. Want to know more? Go to my website www.oaoe.co.uk forward slash learn with me and check out my course. Hi, my name's Kasia and this is Academic Reading and Writing Made Easy. Those of you who don't know me yet, I'm an academic writing coach with over 10 years of experience in teaching international students how to master academic reading and writing skills and with more than six years of experience in preparing students for IELTS academic exam. Welcome back to an episode of the Academic Reading and Writing Made Easy podcast. I'm so grateful that you are tuning in. And listen, if you love this conversation that I'm going to have today and you want to continue the conversation, if you want to share your thoughts, your insights, your takeaways, or just any ideas that come up, come on over to Instagram. I'm at my Oxford Academy of English, and please make sure you're following me. But first of all, jump into my DMs and say hello. I'd love to hear from you. So today I'm hosting an interview with one of my dear colleagues and friends, Rachel, who is English language, IELTS and OET trainer. Hello, Rachel. I hope you're having a good day. Hi, Cassia. It's so nice to to finally be on your podcast with you. I'm very excited. And I would like to say thank you for finding time and joining me here on my show. Thank you, Rachel. My pleasure. My pleasure. Rachel, can you please introduce yourself to my dear audience and tell them what you do? So I may, I'm an English language trainer and I've been doing it for about 30 years. At the moment, I mainly work with professionals, very busy professionals and students who need to take either the IELTS exam or the OET exam for their uh, job or for future studies. So I support them through this process. Perfect. Can you please explain the difference between the IELTS and OET exam? While I've trained IELTS candidates before, unfortunately, I've heard very little about the OET exam. Can you please do this for us? Yes, of course. So both are often required for professionals. The IELTS is the International English Language Testing System. And it's an exam which prepares people either to go to live in another country, work in an English-speaking environment, um, or 
go to study in an English language speaking university. And that can be taken by anyone. The OET is called the, is the Occupational English Test. Mm -hmm. And that is for med medical professionals who need to do further study or would like to go and work in an English speaking medical context. So that's for doctors, nurses, dentists, physiotherapists, oh. vets, and so on. Thank you for this explanation. I believe many of our listeners will find that helpful. I'd like to ask you one more question. If you were to compare those two exams, would you say that one is more difficult or challenging than the other one? What's your opinion? I wouldn't say that one is more challenging, though if you're a medical professional, I personally think that the OET is a better exam to take, although most places will accept IELTS to a certain band level and OET at a certain score. The reason the OET is better for medical professionals is that it is a purely professional exam. So it's testing, for example, the speaking tests, doctor-patient interactions. Um, the reading is reading in a medical context. Mm -hmm. Same with the listening and so on. I see. So in fact, all the texts are based on medical issues and problems. Mm -hmm. so yes. Nothing so general. Yes, sorry to interrupt. So many of my uh, candidates for OET really enjoy doing the OET as a medical professional because they find they really learn more ways to actually um, communicate with patients right. and colleagues in English. So they find it very useful. And I think they can also relate to it better. They see mm. that, yeah, as you've said, it's more useful and they can see this link between the exam and their future jobs. Mm -hmm. Yes. Whereas the IELTS exam is more academic in a way depending mm -hmm. on which, there are two types of IELTS exam. As mm -hmm. you know, Cassia, there's the general training and the academic training. For anyone who is moving into a uh, university or further study environment, mm -hmm. they usually require the academic IELTS. In my experience, I have to say that I haven't prepared many candidates for the general training so my exam candidates would go for the academic training. Have you got a similar experience, Rachel? Do your students tend to choose the academic training more often than the general one? Um, so I find that if people are going to uh, live in a country, live and work in a country rather than study in an English-speaking environment, the general is is all that is required. Right. And Rachel, in your experience, your IELTS students, do they go later after taking the exam? Do they go to the United States, Australia, Canada? Uh, do you know which universities they choose? That's a very interesting one because I can say that my students have literally been everywhere that you're talking about. So oh, some have gone to the UK, 
um, others, Australia, New Zealand as well, and Canada, and even the United States is accepting, is now accepting um, IELTS qualification. But I always say to any of my, any candidate or anyone who is hoping to take the IELTS exam or who wants to go and study abroad or in their own country, to check with the institution which exam they need to take and what band score they need. Correct. And that's the thing they need to know. I would say, in my experience, it's best, I think, to do it even two years before taking the exam. Not sure what your experience, Rachel, but my experience with IELTS is that it's one of those instant tests. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have this impression that students would wake up and they would decide, oh, I need IELTS, so let's prepare for the IELTS exam. And in about 10 or 12 weeks, they've need to go, they need to have the results because they need to just now apply for the, uh, for the place or this university. And I think that the more time you have to improve your English, academic English, the better you can perform in the IELTS exam, in fact. Absolutely, Cassia. I couldn't agree with you more. Many candidates um, think IELTS, IELTS, they don't actually realise that it's English that they need and mm-hmm. therefore they need to improve their English. Um, so, yes, the, the earlier you start preparing and improving English, all good English language courses prepare people prepare um, their stu- the students who take them for exams like the IELTS. It might sound a bit harsh, <laughs> what I'm going to say, but I remember teaching a lot of different uh, students. And I would say sometimes, I would say, there is a lot of exam strategies, but if your English is still quite low, it's not too advanced, it's not even intermediate, it's going to be really difficult to apply those strategies mm-hmm. because how can I, for example, effectively teach you specific reading exams if you don't read or if you know very little vocabulary? Absolutely. So that was Absolutely. my impression. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember one of my colleagues once said, IELTS is all about paraphrasing. It's all about vocabulary. Would you agree with this? I would. It's about having a wide range of language. So that's a wide range of vocabulary. For example, in a reading or a listening test, they will have, for example, questions. Uh, The texts or the listening text, the reading text or the listening text will have certain vocabulary and the questions will have synonyms. So it really is about being able to understand synonyms in English, words with the same meaning. And I think that that's probably what your colleague meant by saying that it's about vocabulary. In fact, when I think of IELTS writing test one and two, it's pretty much the same because you cannot use the words from the instruction. You need to, again, paraphrase the instruction. And with speaking, especially part three, again, when you go into those abstract topics, 
you need to, in fact, be able to paraphrase your thoughts because one of the descriptions, the band description says, the candidate can speak at length. Mm-hmm. So without those paraphrasing techniques and explanation examples, it would be difficult to achieve that. Yes, and it is at length without repetition. But as, no. as you said, so it's at length without repetition. So as you said, we would need to, the, any candidate would need to have a wide range of vocabulary as well as grammatical structures. And exactly as you mentioned, that would be across all parts of the, the test. That's reading, writing, listening and speaking. So as you said earlier, it's all about uh, your level of English. Um, So when candidates come to us and say, oh, I don't know any English, I need to get band seven in IELTS, we can only say, well, you need a few years of study first. And I need to say that when I think of many of my foundation year students, that's the problem they have as well. That in fact, to be more successful at university and the writing, they need more English vocabulary and uh, grammar as well. Again, because we need to paraphrase the sources. So Rachel, I was thinking now, when you think of all your IELTS students, can you per- perhaps see like which parts are the most difficult for them or they struggle the most? Is it reading, writing? speaking, listening, in your experience, what do you think? Okay, it's interesting that you say struggle the most because uh, there are two ways we could look at this. Either struggle to get a high band, and a high IELTS band, right. yeah. or struggle as in knowing the language. Mm, and I think, and communicating, and I think there's quite a big difference. So mm. many of, many candidates think they, they speak English every day. They're very fluent. They think that their speaking is very good. And it is, but it is not the English of an IELTS exam. They haven't got the techniques to mm. show the um wide range of vocabulary, the wide range of grammar in the very short 11 to 14 minutes that they have in the exam. So often my uh, clients feel that their English is good, that their speaking is good, and then they're surprised by the um, surprised by their speaking score yeah. with reading and writing writing is very similar to that they say oh I write every day but actually the IELTS exam is not the same as writing a uh, a memo to your boss right. or an email to someone right. in your company mm-hmm. so it's about strategy uh, so Rachel you mentioned about uh, your clients having strong speaking skills. And this is what, in fact, is so true for many of my students. So I teach, again, international students. Many of them are mature students and their spoken English is very good. And when they come to university, they are, in fact, really surprised to see that writing is can be difficult and they cannot do well in writing because they've got this impression that my English is so good. I've got a job in an international company. 
some many of them these days, uh, students I teach, uh, they've been living and working in the UK for 10, 20 years. And when they decide to take this step and come to study at university, they're so surprised that even mm -hmm. though they can express themselves uh, effectively in English, they cannot do it uh, in an academic context. And that's what you said about uh, IELTS candidates. It was, rem I remember from my days when I used to teach IELTS, it was so similar that many of them would have really strong speaking skills, but that would not really translate into the score they wanted from the IELTS exam. That was my yes. impression. And speaking of IELTS and uh, university preparation, what do you think, Rachel, uh, how they can benefit from the IELTS preparation and when they go to study at an English speaking university? Okay, so the IELTS, getting a specific IELTS score, often a seven, a band seven, mm. that shows a very high level of English. Yes. So if they have demonstrated that they are able to get a band seven or whatever the university mm -hmm. requires, it suggests that it's a good starting point for furthering their skills, particularly in writing, academic writing and academic reading. Because it's very important for, for us all to remember that the writing that candidates, that students take at university is not like the IELTS exam. So right. they will need to go on and develop their skills in a lot more detail because in the IELTS exam, they're writing very, very short uh, pieces of writing to show the examiner what mm -hmm. they know. Whereas at university, they would be writing papers, um, research papers, uh, term papers, and so on. Now, that's a completely different genre, a completely different style of writing, and they mm -hmm. need to be trained with it. In and it's very, I keep saying it's very important, but it is. Um, <laughs> apart from that, native speakers need to be trained in this type of writing too. So just because someone is fluent in the language, whether they're a native speaker or not, it doesn't mean that they are a good academic writer. Uh, two things that I would like to just elaborate on quickly. So you said IELTS writing is different from academic writing. And even though it says academic IELTS, when I uh, was teaching at the University of Surrey, our coordinator didn't want us to use any IELTS materials. He said, we need to make this uh, clear to our students. IELTS is finished. They got this score. They are at university. But now no more reference to IELTS. Writing, studying at university has got very little to do with IELTS exam. And he was really hot on it. He didn't want us to, he didn't want to even see us <laughs> carrying IELTS books. Yes. And, yeah. it's, a, it's as I said earlier, IELTS is the stepping stone to right. university. Mm -hmm. But then it it is is not the same genre. The writing, the reading, none of it is the same. I was um 
at a conference at Northampton University. And in fact, I was giving a workshop to other teachers, which was so exciting. But in the meantime, in the break time, I had a chance to speak to a teacher who is a native speaker of English. And what was so interesting, she said that when I was doing my master's, I was struggling with academic writing. And she said that, in fact, she had one-on-one classes to improve her academic writing skills. Because she said, even though I am a native speaker of English, I was never trained to write in an academic style. Yes. And again, I think many students think, oh, because I'm not a native speaker of English, so that's why I struggle. No, because it's a completely different type of writing and reading, I would say. Yes, and Um, studying at university, reading and writing at university are, are skills in their own right, no matter where you're from. Right. No matter what your first language is. Correct. And in fact, yesterday we were shown this quotation that academic language is no one's mother tongue. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that's so powerful. So, Rachel, my question is now, what advice you could give to IELTS candidates, those who who need IELTS Band 7? Because in my experience, to get Uh, overall seven and sometimes universities say no less than seven in writing what advice would you give to such uh, candidates okay first of all um, anyone who is expecting a band seven would normally be using English a lot this is not someone if someone is requires a band seven then they will be very fluent in English before they even start So they will have very good basic English skills. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. The second thing is um, for the IELTS exam, it's important to make sure that you are well prepared in the strategies. Okay, so knowing what is going to come up in each exam and how the examiners mark and grade the exam. Um, I think those are the most important things. They can be found. They can be found on the sites like the British Council sites or the IDP IELTS sites. But I think it's very important to have a good trainer to support you through and to notice the errors and so on that you are making that could be affecting your band score. And I'm glad you mentioned understanding grading the scriptors. Mm-hmm. It's the same with university. I always try to draw my students' attention to the marking criteria. Sometimes mm-hmm. I have this impression that they get a task and they just write. And I'm trying to tell them, look, this is what you need to be able to do. If you want to get 60%, this is what you need to be able to do. If you want to get 70%. You always need to make this um, connection between what you are writing and what they want to see in your writing. Mm-hmm. And I, and as we said earlier, that's not just uh, for a language exam. That's for any form of, of study, particularly further study at university. Always know what your parameters are and what you need to do. 
right and knowing the expectations mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. we start things without knowing what they want from us <laughs> just mm -hmm. hoping that yeah i might be lucky this time <laughs> <laughs> yes and usually we're not lucky no yeah, <laughs> it's about it's about skill and practice <laughs> correct and that's yeah that's so true we are not usually lucky <laughs> when we when we hope to <laughs> Some people, I've heard some some people say, oh, well, she's really lucky she got a band 7.5. Oh. Or he's really lucky he got a band 8. What people forget is that it's not luck. They don't actually see what went in, what work went into yes, getting correct. those, getting that success and achieving those results. Correct. It seems easy. <laughs> I mean, I would say in my experience, I don't see an IELTS exam as an easy one, I need to say. I think it is really demanding. They've got mm -hmm. strict marking criteria and either you know it, you have it or you don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think it's that easy. So Rachel, uh, thank you very much for today. And if you could just uh, tell us where uh, our audience can find you and in fact, how you help your students? Yes, of course. So at the, I do one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching lessons, um, but and I'm also developing a range of courses for students who want to study on their own, but also have some email access to me. Mm -hmm. um, if people would like to follow me, they can follow me on Instagram at Rachel Prattley IELTS. And I have a free IELTS speaking resource, which gives information about the three fatal mistakes that many candidates make, which wow. stops them getting a band seven. Mm -hmm. And that can be found at www.rachelprattley.com forward slash three dash mistakes. And I'll let you in on a little secret. If if people download that, they get a very special offer on my course. Oh, IELTS speaking. So definitely, I'll add that to my show notes so that anyone who's interested in taking IELTS can easily find you. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Rachel. It was my pleasure. And I hope to speak to you very soon. <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And I look forward to to having a similar chat again. It was great. All right. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and found it valuable. Thanks for hanging out with me. And don't forget to find me on Instagram and share your thoughts with me. And if you have a friend who will benefit from this episode, please share it with them. I'd be so very grateful. On this note, if you yourself or a friend of yours who is preparing for university course need more practice with academic writing skills, please feel invited to watch my brand new masterclass Why Writing Essays is So Hard and What to Do to Transition from Feeling Lost to Feeling Empowered and Confident in Academic Writing. In this masterclass, I show you the most common mistakes international students make and I show you step by step what to do to avoid them. So go to my website 
oe.co.uk and click on the link free masterclass. All right, my friend, I'll speak to you soon. Same time, same place. Can't wait.